are listening to an Atomic Broadcasting production. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the feature presentation. And remember, do your part, such as like, comment, rate, and don't forget to tell a friend to tune in for an Atomic Time. Where did we leave off? Ah, yes. After handily dispatching the wolverine that troubled their camp, the party took a brief respite to get to know each other a little better. Moving on, they reached the town of Copperburgit, home of the mines they were to investigate. Real fast. Okay, so shoot? Jenkins tells the truth. Wait, we are ready. Why don't we just shoot so them both? That 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 riddle frustrates me deeply, and here's why. Because regardless, you don't have to ask them a question because the first one either told you the truth or they're both lying. It, there is no in between. Because if the first one says one of us tells the truth and the other one always lies. It, it it has to be the one telling the truth. Otherwise, you their riddle is pointless, and you're going to open the door, and you're both no matter what, you're going to die. I I hate that riddle so much. You have a very good point, and I agree. Thank you. <laughs> I think traditionally the rules are provided by a third party. See, if the rules are provided by a third party, that makes sense. But if if they're provided by the guard or the door or whatever speaking, like in the labyrinth, mm-hmm. it's stupid. Those are Muppets, so. It was two doors. <laughs> can you or the can guards? you really trust a Muppet? Yes, they, yes. Were, they were both. They were both door they were, guards. They were just doors. Oh, okay. Their their knockers were their noses. Speaking of Muppets and door guards, let's go ahead and jump into the story. Where we last left off, our group was heading through the small town of Copperburgit, outside of the mine of Copperburgit itself, and getting ready to delve into the depths of the mine and uncover whatever secrets had been revealed by the recent mining group. As you begin to approach the entrance to the mine proper, you see outside of the mine two figures, each of them roughly ten feet tall. They are clockwork golems of a sort. They're metal arms and bodies and everything made out of like a polished brass and like uh, modeled like stern guard faces, all completely made out of metal with little bits of steam escaping here and there. You said brass specifically? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, stealth. I'm going to hide. Hide where? <laughs> uh, anywhere I can. Are there like rocks, that, like clock. big large boulders that I can hide behind? Not if you want to approach the doors with everyone else. Can I hide behind someone else? I will become their shadow. Mm. Who's no. the largest character here? Not me. I guess me. I'm gonna hide behind uh, Melbourne. What's her name? <laughs> hey, Mir. Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne Grimpus. All, right. <laughs> All right, mate. I'm from Melbourne. <laughs> okay. Um, so you go ahead and duck behind him, and Dolvin just kind of catches your arm, and he's like, "What are you doing? Where are you going?" I like to hide so that I can approach without them knowing. Well, they know you're here. They know we're all here. Well, obviously we're on the they register. Know you're here. We're, we're on the. the we're, we're supposed to be here. We're on the registry. Oh, fine. I peek back out, but I'm still being careful. Get out of my coat. I'm not in your coat. I'm behind you. So, is anybody. Let's see. Abby. Nearest wouldn't know this. She hasn't been in the area. Um, Loser. 
Uver <laughs> <laughs> would not know this because he's actually been focusing on learning other things about the area. Alward would know this. Hamir grew up in the area and has probably heard about this. Um, hmm. Ooh. Zephyr's kind of in a mid-ground, maybe knows this. He's there for a couple of weeks. Make a society check. Nah. Oh, yeah, you were in town. You know this for sure. I oh. forgot you were in this town a minute ago. <laughs> a minute ago. You know this. <laughs> Just one exactly moment. One Just exactly one minute ago. <laughs> so you know that the town of Copperburgit, and more importantly, the mine of Copperburgit, is protected by a small fleet, you might say, of constructs developed by a dwarf who works in the mine. They are ridiculously outpacing local technology, and even some like scholars from Alkenstar are impressed with what he's done. The primary purpose of these is not so much to protect the mine from threats that would come to the mine, but to protect the mine in the town from threats that would come from inside of the mine. As in recent years, the miners, you may have said, you may say, dug too greedily and too deeply and ended up breaking into the Darklands, and now they've got a problem with Durigar or Dark Dwarves trying to make their way out of the mine and into the town. Filthy dwarves. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, Alward. <laughs> I'm not even a dwarf and I'm offended. <laughs> that was not in care. <laughs> I can't work for someone like this. <laughs> Soon, Sithri releases like a public statement on the Infernal Mining Company's Twitter that's like disowning Alward. <laughs> <laughs> if they haven't already... <laughs> They just keep rehiring you under different names. <laughs> well, my name is Palward. No, we fired that other guy. Howard. 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 So as you approach the like the entrance to the mine, the constructs like kind of take a look at you, and Dolvin just kind of waves at them, and they just seem to examine the group, and then they relax again. Um, each of the constructs, they're like built in a mirror design, the two at the door. So like one of them has a massive shield, like, you know, the shield itself is like six feet tall, four feet wide, and like a spear in its other hand. And then of course the other construct mirrors that with shield and spear in opposite hands. And one of them always tells the truth. <laughs> and one of them always <laughs> lies. I'm really glad you brought that up right before we got to this moment. <laughs> Neither of them say a thing, so you're not sure which is the truth-telling and which is the lying. Do one. they have mouths? Modeled mouths, but they don't appear that they could open. Okay, so neither of them can lie. <laughs> <laughs> they, they know sign language. Are they like those pretty boy mouths from like old animated shows where there's like the specific characters that are meant to be really handsome and they have those really weird lips? Oh, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, I was I was like, like hold the on. Like Shredder in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show? So at first you were starting and I was really confused and then by the time you got to the end of that, I was like, oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes! And I'm over here going, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. If we had a social media, we would post the picture on social media. If you're you're having trouble picturing this, just swap out the heads with Michelangelo. We'll post it. Michelangelo's David. We'll post a picture of Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Turtles show. Yeah, whenever we get uh, insert social media account. We were talking about TMNT, and when you said Michelangelo, I swapped him with a (laughs) turtle. (laughs) 
I also thought the same thing. Same. I was like, they don't really have pretty boy turtle. <laughs> I need to choose my wording more carefully. <laughs> Cowabunga, dude. Michael, Michelangelo's. There's, you have to specify all these things. Mikey is the turtle. Oh. So passing between the two teenage mutant ninja constructs, you head down into the mines. <laughs> They're ten foot tall turtles. What? They both have in a half boys. shell. In a half shell, yeah. One has a pizza. One's cool but rude, <laughs> and the other's a party dude. So you anyway. head into the mines. As you go in, Dolvin kind of steps forward and he's like, "Right, I'll be taking point. I'll show you the way forward. Uh, it's about room for two of us to walk abreast. Uh, does anybody want to come up front with me? Uh, hey, hey, Mayor, I believe you would be the best for that." That's Dolphin, right? Amir looks at everyone in the party. It's like, bye. <laughs> I follow as Amir's shadow. I'm not really a shadow, just really close behind. In between him and Amir, I'm gonna put my unseen servant. <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and pull up my chainmail and put my helmet on. Every step I take, I'm just gonna be bumping into your servant. <laughs> Every step you take. I imagine, <laughs> yeah, I imagine once I actually put on my full gear. I've got one of those like helmets with the chainmails fully under, so that my whole face is covered by chainmail. Isn't that called like a coif or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just my eyes are visible because I don't know what's going to be down there, and it might be dangerous, or something might fall on my head. Safety first. Dolvin pulls out Dolvin pulls out a bright yellow hard hat and just puts it on. He's like the. Galerian Osha won't, won't be happy if we don't wear these. And he just passes out little hard head hats for everybody. Galarian I put Osha. one on over my Thank helmet. You, <laughs> over your helmet with the light, there's a hard hat. Okay. I put the hard hat over my hood. Where is Osha 10 certified? Galarian Osha 10 certified. Well, I am licensed to drive a forklift. So <laughs> one of the constructs out front is like, my brother's a forklift. <laughs> Oh, the mouth is too open. Aren't you a little short to drive a forklift? Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? Is any of us forklift certified? (laughs) He is. It costs like 50 bucks to get a license. Our our, our, our GM is forklift certified. That's all we needed. All right, guys. If we need anything heavy moved, I'll handle it. (laughs) (laughs) So you head into the mines following behind Dolvin as he kind of like takes a left turn, takes a right turn, takes a left turn. You're like, boy, if we hadn't been following him, we'd be lost. Meaningful nod. <laughs> where is Salazar in this lineup? At the back at this point. That is exactly where Uber is. Okay. I'm moving where I've got Uber on the map. Here. Um, we don't have a map. Our map? Let me let me go ahead and pull you guys over to this map because I've got like everybody lined out where I think they would be, and you can tell me if I've got it right. What do you bet this has the railroads on it? <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, oh look, hey. railroad! I've never seen this before. I haven't. This is all new to me. This is he already put new. us in our positions. I've got you close. So, we, right now, I've got Dolvin and Hamir in the front, followed by, Uve, followed by Zephyr and the Unseen Servant, and then this is where I'm not sure because we haven't really discussed too much. Who wants to be next in line? I have not seen any of these images. I could be next to the person behind my unseen servant. That would be Neros. Oh. I was on the wrong screen. I didn't have permission to move tokens. <laughs> All right. And then, Uver, you wanted to be in the back next to Salazar? That is correct. Okay. Nerd. 
<laughs> and then Very in the back so. back, we've got Menbilgo, Izel, and <laughs> Sithri Charles. All right. As you wind your way through the mine, you're getting deeper. I want to go in the mine. You go in the mine and you like it. <laughs> As you wind your way through the mine. <laughs> getting deeper and deeper into the mountain. You go down a few steps. You come back up a few steps. And Dolvin kind of, as you're reaching this junction here, he's like, we're getting close now. Hey, you're ready for... Whatever might come up. I mean, to be honest, if all I get to do is kill something, I'm okay with that. I don't know if that's going to come up. What does he want me here for? Well, I hope that there's no trouble, but you're here to ensure that there is any trouble, we come out on top. I'm sure I'll find something to kill. What else would come up? Uh, Are we expecting traps, or...? Well, there's always the troubles of the mine. You're not worried about the, 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 the... Like a cave in, are you? Well, I thought there might be one, but it seems that we've gotten lucky. That's what the hats are for, you person. I was a little given pebble a hat. falls. Also, that's very rude. A little pebble falls and hits Albert's <gasps> head. I don't like that. Should be fine. There's, of course, there's a normal vermin, you know, giant centipedes, giant spiders. They might show up. Uh, there's the Duragar. Hopefully, they don't show up. If they do, we're sunk. We're looking at you, Laura. <laughs> Alward is contemplating, starts mumbling to himself, like, why was I hired? Why am I here? Why You're was I free to go back out this? if you can find your way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I really don't like you. <laughs> what are everybody's perception bonuses? Six. Tres. Five. Four. Three. I really wish mine was three, but it's five. <laughs> Mine's three. Wait, so what's the lowest four? Three. Oh, yours is actually three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, heard, I heard some joking threes. No, and I, I said got tres. confused. Okay, so the lowest is three. Thanks. Congratulations. You all Damn. notice like like a, a crumbling kind of gravelly sound up ahead. As out of the dirt in front of you about 20 feet 25 feet pokes the head of an insect and we'll go ahead and enter initiative order Uh, so we're gonna roll yes it sucks that y'all are in front of me otherwise we're just rolling perception for initiative yes I need to get new dice what'd you get a natural five same. For a nine. Didn't you get that last time? Yes. We had a seven, so I got a 13 total. I'm sorry. Oh, right. Plus five. I'm dumb. Plus six. <laughs> plus six? Yeah. Why are you so wizened? Because no one else has wisdom <laughs> in this party. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Especially. Spend. Our perception is the same. <laughs> Fight me. 16? Yeah, no, I got a 10. <laughs> All right. One second. Let me go around the table. Okay, Uver. 99 16. tables on table, on table. Okay, 99. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I'll roll a D100. My apologies. Pass it around. So 99, 98, 97, 96, 95. Nero's got a nine. I can't roll above a five, apparently. And Zephyr? 16. Wait, what is that? That's not a circle. 
What's wrong with you? You skipped two I, I went around, but I was also like hopscotching my way around in the order that the names appeared on my sheet and I was filling them my out. My name starts with a Z. It's not in alphabetical order. It's in the order in how much he likes us. Oh, <laughs> it was the order in when I told the game to put them on the character Don't know sheet. if I should feel good about that. <laughs> I'm in the middle. So I've got good news and I've got bad news. Okay. Actually, you I don't really have any haven't even gotten news. all of our initiatives yet. I unsubscribed from this newsletter. Well, so I got you guys as while you were talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I actually don't have any bad news. The good news is your supporting team goes first. So the research team in the back each have passive bonuses that they will offer you as long as they're alive or conscious and continue to do so. Um, Salazar Men, and Menbilgo. Well, Sithri doesn't give you anything. But Salazar... Salazar and Minbilgo will each give you a plus one bonus on on Arcana recall knowledge checks on anything magical, and Minbilgo will give you recall knowledge checks on anything like um, historical. So that would apply to like recalling knowledge about these creatures because you know they come up in history. And Azel is going to use Inspire Courage. Nice. Because she's a bard. So you all get a plus one bonus to your attack and damage rolls as long as she remains active. And against fear effects. Yes, and against fear effects. The bad news is, because I actually secretly do have bad news. (laughs) You said there was no bad news. Do you or do you not? Jordy, you lied. I thought there was no bad news at first, but then I remembered that it is bad news that this creature that you didn't see previously... this creature scurries off of one of like the side tunnels into this junction where you're fighting and moves uh, for Dolvin. I'm sorry, what do these things look like? Bugs. They look like giant centipedes. Oh, okay, they do? Yeah. Let's see. Oh. I am so out of practice on Foundry. Get it together! Pull yourself together! The TV has a weird yellow tint to it. It kind of does. That makes like it look grosser. I'm gonna call him Ralph. Ride him like Ralph. a skateboard. I wanna right. call him. Except Tentalaga he's not Dale. actually named Jordy. So Ralph. No. Now being a named no. character and no. eligible for crit cards. No. <laughs> nice. Not how this works. Ralph skitters up to Dolvin and takes a chomp at him with his little oh, centipede mouth. I need to stop naming things. You're making it worse. Sorry. So. Who has the crit fumble deck and who has the crit hit deck? Uh, Sam here has the crit fumble deck. And Sven has the crit hit deck. It can't crit hit. It's not named. In that case, Sam, could you give me a fumble card? Uh, What kind of attack is Uh, it? Natural weapons. Natural weapons? Unarmed? Yeah. Pinched nerve. Um... So <laughs> <laughs> Does that work with so the to explain if a critical if a critical hit is landed or a critical fumble is hit is not landed, we roll we pull these cards that we use to have special effects for them to make them a little stronger or more random. Um, so what this does is until it is healed, it takes a minus ten foot circumstance penalty to speed and is clumsy one. Nice. Nice. It pinched its mandible nerve. Too bad it's already right in front of Dolphin. <laughs> it bit its front leg. Well, because it's clumsy one, <laughs> it it'll have a minus one to all of its dexterity stuff, including AC. Probably I would like to, to confirm that its attack is named Mandibles. <laughs> Mandibles? Mandibles. Well, that was two of its actions. So it moved up and it bit, 
it's feeling kind of embarrassed, kind of kind of centipede embarrassed. So it's gonna try biting again. <laughs> it turns red. Can invertebrates feel embarrassment? Yes. Its carapace begins to blush. What, what, you, what you don't know is that that centipede has a crush on the centipede behind it, it and it's trying, trying to show, to show off. off. Watch yeah. out, unnamed That's why centipede. Crit failed. It was it was nervous. It was nervous. And the nerves continue as it actually just misses its second attack. <laughs> oh no! Poor Wait, centipede. it was nervous and had a pinched nerve, so. Ah, nervous. <laughs> oh. I'm leaving now. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't do it. It just happened. Abby, that way. come back! Stop walking up the stairs, Abby! Goodbye. My goodness, you're so quiet when walking. <laughs> and next in initiative <laughs> is the other centipede oh. <laughs> that Why skitters from the first? other side path. High roll. That was my bad news. They rolled well. <laughs> And it will attempt to bite at Hamir. Wait. Wait. Why are there three now? There are a total of three. Were you not paying what? attention? I only saw yes. the two. There was one that you guys knew about, so they were not all in stealth at the beginning of combat. I say the nay. And then the other two kind of came out of the side paths while you were already up on your guard. Did Hamir uh, heal overnight? Yes. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. That's an exact hit. What was it? An 18. Oh, yes. Meets it, beats it. Exactly. All right. And for damage. Bitey, bitey. You take two points of piercing damage. And then I'm going to need you to make a fortitude save. 16. You're feeling good. Yeah, there's like the bite hits like maybe through your arm. And there's like a burning sensation, and you just kind of shake it off, and you're like, "Oh, that was that was a graze. It kind of hurt, but there was something in those fangs." Something in those fangs. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of those fangs, he goes again for a second bite. No. Want to draw another card, Sam? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm loving these centipedes. So this is actually one. a weird centipede love triangle. This <laughs> other one also has a crush on the one behind it. So until the, it's it overthought it. So until the end, <laughs> so the target, which is me, which is Hamir, gains a plus two circumstance bonus to AC against attacks the centipede makes against it until the end of it, the centipede's next turn. Good That's to know. Really good. Good. If I get another turn, I'll have a twenty AC against it. <laughs> nice. So we have Ralph and Devon fighting for the love of the unnamed female centipede. <laughs> what will she do on her turn? We'll have to wait to see. Uver, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. This is amazing. <clears throat> Uver sees this all happening and is slightly chuckling over their failed attempts. Um, he is going to quickly stow away his uh, little journal that he was writing and actually reach out both hands and cast Electric Arc on the one to the left. Nice. Actually, both of them have to make a saving throw as Electric Arc can target one or two creatures because one jumps to the other. So blue is for Ralph and gold is for Devon. DC 17. Ralph succeeds and Devon regular fails. Gotcha. So Ralph takes half damage. It's, it's, it's amazing. so good. See if I roll like well. if you're a caster and have access to it, you take it. So that is three plus four. so seven damage. So Ralph takes. Is it rounded up? Three. 
Nope. Round it down. Round it down. Okay. <laughs> and I, I forgot to mention I had to cast Reach for that. No, you didn't. From where you are on the no. map, they're within 30 feet of you. Are they? Oh, oh also, I, I meant to ask that. this because I never had access to Reach. Is Reach a once-a-day thing or like once? It's just an it's extra just, action. just an extra action. Oh, that's it's so really good. nice. I thought it was a free action. Mm-mm. That's, that's one action. That's the nice. one action spell. Modification thing. Yeah. 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 Um, in that case, yeah. I will do a recall knowledge. Okay. With my last action. So go ahead and make a nature check. Are you having us make the are you having having us make recall knowledges? I probably should actually roll it myself. You're do your job, Jordy. I'm just I, lazy. I wasn't sure. Maybe you wanted lazy. to go ahead and just give us the rolls for precedent, but that's why I wasn't that's why I asked. Yeah, we should do it that way. It works better as the secret checks. Plus what two. You, okay. That's Plus just two. dubious you said knowledge, nature, which correct? I have. Mm-hmm. And as I always do with my home rules, if you ask for a recall knowledge and I tell you what skill it will be, and you're like, oh, I'm not good at that, then you can just choose not to roll because your character would know that they don't know anything about that category. <laughs> Literally cannot think of another thing to use. So. Okay. So these are confirmed giant centipedes. <laughs> What would you like to know about these giant centipedes? Because your luck apparently carries over when I roll for you, too. You got a critical success. Especially Nat 20. I'm going to say this again. Stop it. Oh, don't tell him to stop. No. We need him. We do, but stop it. As long as he doesn't turn on us. So what I usually do is give you the name and the level of the creature, and then you can ask questions. So these are giant centipedes. They are a level minus one. Okay. I am going to ask for any... I'll go with resistances. No resistances. I made a fortitude save. Why? <laughs> and I, I, I get two things. Yes. And uh, any uh, special characteristics, so a special attack or, or uh, anything they can inflict. Yeah, so giant centipedes are quite notable for their venom. It's actually something a lot of guys will, you know, adventurers will head up into the mountains and kind of harvest this centipede venom for use in alchemical properties. Um, some on the black market will use it for more nefarious purposes. It's a, it's a pretty bit of a doozy at this point. Um, I'll go ahead and let you know it's a relatively easy DC to beat, but if you don't beat it, you're going to start taking poison damage on every turn until you recover. It's everyone. It's they are pretty easy to hit, but please do not get hit by them. They are very venomous. That's the plan. Right. I'll try not to get hit by them. Thanks for the advice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've already treated you for rabies, so let's not try to centipede venom. I invite it. Wait, that wasn't my voice. I invite it. I I love that sentence. So let's try not to centipede venom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Zephyr, it's your turn. Okay, if I were to cast a spell, am I able to pass it through whomever is in front of me? So if you cast a spell that requires a saving throw, like Electric Arc, all you need is line of uh, effect. You just need to be able to see them. If you're making a spell with a spell attack roll, 
you need to you're gonna have lesser cover because there's a person between you and your target. I do have a question on that because some covers give reflex bonuses and stuff, so wouldn't cover still factor into some spells? Yes. So if they have standard or greater cover, that's gonna start which, giving them bonuses does, to their which DC. does not apply with people in the way. People in the way has lesser cover. Yeah, just okay. a plus one to their AC with just people in the way. Gotcha. Who is in front of me right now? Currently, Dolvin. Dolvin. Okay, so he's shorter as well, so I can't really dive between his legs. Um, I mean, you can freely move through a friendly ally's space. They yeah, said there's an enemy space on the There's an enemy end. space in front of it. You could so. try to tumble through using an acrobatics check to move through his space. Yeah, if it wasn't clear, we're in a two-by-two two <laughs> corridor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Man, I guess I'm going to try to tumble through. Okay. Which, for your reference, that's going to be an acrobatics check against their reflex DC. It'll also put you as vulnerable to the third centipede. But a third. if he ends up on the other side, then the, the centipede's flat-footed. That is true. There's a third one up. Can I try to ahead. get to the to the space to the left, which kind of looks like it's more of a half space than anything because it's a diagonal. That one there. Square, yeah, or, or the one, one below the it. Oh, okay. So just just like since next I'm to category with the centipede. Yeah, since yeah. I'm small with that. Those spaces are available to stand in. Okay. I, can I try to do that? Uh, yeah, you can actually just move there. You don't need oh, really? a check to get there. Oh, cool. Then I'll do that. Um, so I guess there's, what is that? That's just like a four ways, four different directions, like a circle in the mind that opens up? Yes. It's like a junction. Yes, room. a junction. I was trying to think of the word for that. Okay, so now that I'm there, I'm going to um, hopefully... Uh, my hand is going to morph into a giant claw, and by giant, I mean that's uh, compared to me, and I'm just going to swipe at the microphone stand. <laughs> Stop hitting the microphone stand. This is my first offense, okay? I'm going to swipe at the, the giant centipede. Okay. Microphone stand has an AC of 10. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty low AC. I think I can beat that. So... That that I'm gonna reroll that because it stopped. In the... What? That's that's a better. No, it hit the it hit the other dice. So, so it just like I'm sitting up. next oh. to him. Oh, okay. He had a seven. Now he has a six. It's okay because I'm going to add a five to that. Plus, don't I get a plus one? Oh yeah. Because yes. of uh, so that would be six plus five plus one is twelve. So you barely beat the microphone. And he's he's also <laughs> flat-footed. He's clumsy. So, oh, he's clumsy. He's clumsy from but, uh, his also pinch. we're no. flanking him. Correct? No. To flank him, you'd have to be in this space. On both sides? Okay. Which you could point. move there if you wanted to have moved there. It's going to make you more of a target for the other centipede that hasn't engaged yet, but you do have enough movement that you could get over here if you wanted that flanking. Um, we're not going to move. We're going to stay here. Okay. In that case, you do not hit the centipede. You do not hit it. Okay. Well, dang. That's all my movement, or all my turn. So, You did your best. Hey, Mir. Yeah? It is your turn. Oh. Wonderful. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it to spend the time. Well, I mean, what else am I going to do with my turn? I'm going to use Esoteric Weakness. 
Which means if you succeed, you'll be able to apply their weakness to all of them since they're all the same type. I think it's only more. I think that only applies for mortal weakness. Right. Not for personal antithesis. Right. Because on a success, you would get mortal weakness. But if they don't have a weakness, then mortal weakness does nothing. Ah, that's true. <clears throat> they have to have a weakness. Uh, 14. Sorry, 15. That's a success. Okay. So I could do mortal weakness. I learn I automatically learn their highest weakness if they have any. They have no weaknesses. They do not have any. So therefore, I have to apply personal antithesis. So this one in front of me will take an additional two damage from me. Bef- David. Before you choose that, because we kind of glazed past information that I usually offer freely. <coughs> yes. The centipede over here is injured. The one directly in front. The one over here. here, The one over here by Zephyr is injured. And Uh Dolvin. Ralph. Ralph. Ralph is injured. And um, what was his name? I think Davin. Devon. 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 Yes. Devon Devon directly in front of Hamir is near death. Okay. Then I'll do it on Ralph. Okay. And I'll use my first attack to attack Ralph. All right. Make an attack roll against clumsy Ralph. 25. That is a critical hit. Against clumsy Ralph. Beautiful. Okay. So just for reference, for enemies that are affected by my thing, my uh, esoteric weakness to this level, take one d4 plus seven damage. I rolled a one, so it takes eight damage. <laughs> also, as a side. Now thing. that's that is counting weakness, so it takes five damage. No, it takes six damage, and then there's two weakness, so it actually will take a total of eight. As a side thing for anybody who might be confused at home, why we didn't grab the cards. They only come in play with a nat 1 or a nat 20. Yes, thank you. you. The cards only proc if you get a natural 1 or a natural 20, not if you go over under, because then it swings way too fast. All right, with that blow from your chain, you just shatter the carapace in the center of the centipede, and it's just splurge. And you hear a little... from the female centipede in the back. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> she was the—he was the true love. Yes, we killed the truest of loves. That, How can we tell maybe that she just female? didn't want anything bad to happen to either of them, and that's, that's why she true. couldn't choose. It between. could be like they're both her best friends, and she just yeah. can't decide. I don't like that. And it has to be a love triangle. I'm it just, is a love triangle. I'm actually just gonna punch it. It's, it's a love line. The one now. in front. She the other one. Pretty. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I'm using my fist instead of my chain in this situation is because my fist is agile. In finesse, which means I only take a minus four instead of a minus five for my second attack with it. And since it's near death, in my mathematurge, the fist will still do a lot of damage. If I roll high. Uh, <laughs> that is a 12 minus four. Eight. So that's not going to hit it. Yeah, that's not going to do So my chain whips down and bludgeons this centipede to death and I rush forward to punch at the centipede and I don't quite get it. It kind of pulls back it. overthinking things and is like oh good thing I was thinking. <laughs> 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 Alright, Alward, it is your turn. Uh, so my first action I'm going to use to sustain my uh, Unseen Servant, uh, which he then, I, is it two actions or one action? I think it's one action. It's just a moment, let me double check. I just read this too. Yeah, I can command it as part of sustaining. Uh, so then I'm going to have it fly over and get in front of Zephyr. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then how far away is the other uh, bug? 
From you or from Zapir? From me. From you, it is 35 feet. Uh, I'm then going to cast Telekinetic Rend. Uh, one right on top of it. What and then What does rend? that do? Oh, right. Thank you. <laughs> so it is a uh, cantrip of mine. That uh, where I get to cast within 60 feet of me, create a two non-overlapping five-foot burst of violent motion with my mind. Uh, I'm going to choose uh, bludgeoning damage. Uh, I can also choose slashing if I want. Uh, and every creature within the area uh, makes a basic fortitude save. Uh, and uh, creatures that are large uh, to be within more than one burst takes only one damage. So yeah, they, uh, that one needs to make a basic fortitude save. Uh, it doesn't matter where I put the other one, but it will be right in front of it since it automatically disappears. That's such an interesting spell, Michael. Yeah. What kind of class would give you access to that? So you could get access to this fantastic spell by being a psychic, specifically one of... Oh God, I forgot my mind. <laughs> uh, specifically one of the distant grass. We, we knew it was nice. one of these days. It would and what's the DC for my save? Uh, I believe the DC for your save is 17. I got a critical success. Oh, um, no. Uh, no I, sorry. Regular success. Okay, so half the damage. Better. That's better. That's a little and better. And sadly, uh, since I didn't amp it, it's only 1d6, not 2. And on a regular success, it takes half. Yep. Basic fort. Maximum damage for six, so half to three. Oh, while we're here, I want to say, if you hear us reference a basic save, a basic save is just takes damage, critical success is double damage, regular success takes damage, fails half damage, critical fail is no damage. Reverse that. Oh. Yes. <laughs> uh, let me let you finish. <laughs> so, okay. so for those of you, if, when you hear us say a basic save, that just means if an enemy gets a critical success on their save, they take no damage. If they make a success on the save, then they will take half damage. If they get a failure on the save, they'll take full damage. And if they critically fail, they'll take half, double the damage. And that's true of anything with a basic. If it says basic in front of the save, that's the four degrees of success that is used. What were you saying, Sven? Okay. I, I should remind you, my servant is unseen. Yes. It's invisible. So you know it's there. Yes. And I know it's there. But nobody else knows it's there. I yes. don't know it's there. It's I right saw it. Me. Yeah. It moved through you, so you should know it's there. <laughs> A slight breeze on the back of your mouth. It is now <laughs> the female centipede's turn. <laughs> About time. <laughs> Somebody name it. All right, I need a name for the centipede stat. Uh, Simone. Simone. <laughs> <laughs> Simone <laughs> Baker. Simone de Beauvoir. Hi, Mom. <laughs> so Simone throws back her head and is like, no. <laughs> Centipedes can talk. Luckily, I speak centipede. <laughs> she doesn't say no. She's just like no. They're sentient centipedes. Yeah. Just we just hear a lot of click clacks. <laughs> <laughs> and she scurries in this direction and bumps into the insane servant. Mandibles? Cool. <laughs> Spends a second action to try to get around that unseen servant. Uncool. And will bite with her mandibles. Is smart enough to get around the unseen servant? 
Unless she hit something, she scurried around it. <laughs> centipedes do be like that. That's true. <laughs> Gosh darn bugs. Twenty-one to hit. That hits. Ooh. Ooh. That's a high hitter. Thank you. Alright. <laughs> what is And you will take seventeen. What? You take one piercing damage. Oh, Oh no! Make a death save, no. <laughs> <laughs> but do make a fortitude save to avoid death. Okay, hold on. I gotta In the long term. I gotta write down my health. Oh, that's white. I can't see it on the white background. <laughs> oh no. That's gonna be a 19 fortitude. Woo! Hey. Feeling good. You feel an itchy burn kind of set in, but you shake it off and you're okay. Itchy really burn you were gonna die. It is now Neros' turn. Hey. Hello. I finally get to do something. Hey, that's how I felt, but so then I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> that means that that centipede also rolled a nine. What? The centipede that just went rolled a nine for initiative. Oh. Okay. It's okay. That's fine. It's all right. We're all fine I just, here. I just think it's funny. It's all good. It means nothing, but it's interesting. On the I'm glad that you've deduced that. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm looking at it, so... <laughs> um... So we did establish that we can, like, cast through or through. Like, if there's friendly people in front of us, we can cast yes. through that, yes, uh, technically. If it's, if it's an attack roll, cover. yeah, it'd be partial cover. But if okay. it's a save, then you're fine. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to cast a little spell called Phase Bolt um, on Devon. Devon, no. <laughs> um, and favorite. phase bolt, um, you point your finger and project a bolt of magical energy that stutters in and out of phase until it reaches the target. Make a ranged spell attack roll against your target, the centipede Devon, against their AC. Um, if they have any circumstance bonuses to AC, such as from a shield or cover, reduce that bonus by two for this attack. Noise. Perfect. So he has Get rid no bonus for cover. cover. So who waits up? <laughs> Oh gosh, I lost my. Di- okay. Do you want to borrow? No, I have another one. It's just Ooh, in that the crack. That means both phases right through me. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> well, I had an unseen servant through me. So. Oh. I give up. Um, it's a twelve to hit Devon. Mm, it's not gonna. Uh huh. Yeah, I I knew it. It's Hamir mm-hmm. you know, instead. If you I really just... want to make that work, you could always spend a hero point to reroll. Time to show or to showcase what class she is. Oh, I I can't. I'm thinking if she hits, that would be a really cool way to reveal it. But if she doesn't hit, we all don't care. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh man, I okay. don't care what she I'm does. I'm gonna turn in a hero point Ooh. to re-roll. Cause I want to do something. Gosh darn it! So hey. for anybody wondering, the cards that we get, we can forego the effects and just turn them in for advantage. Or we can for turn fortune. Them in. We can My turn bad. them into right. roll twice and take and not not just roll twice. Yeah, just roll twice and take the second one you roll. Yeah, uh, we're still playing it the way I usually do to take the better. Oh, okay. okay so fortune. That's a lot better. Ooh. Natty seventeen. Ooh, nice. Add six to that. Twenty-three. Nice. That's a hit. Nice. So, on his success, you deal one d four piercing damage, plus something. You spellcast. Yeah. Should be a Charisma, yeah. Four, three, depending. Kill it. Kill it. I don't know that I will. I can't read that. <laughs> uh, so 
six damage. All right, so I'd like you to describe two things for us. First, I would like you to describe how you kill Devon. <laughs> and then secondly, I'd like you to describe like what that looks like and what your class is. Okay, um, so when she's casting this spell, if you're paying attention, it's kind of-ish noticeable. You can see like kind of a darkish fog like around her hands as she's casting this spell. And this energy is just, I don't know. It's phasing in and out, so you like see flashes of light as it's going toward the target. Um, pierce it, pierce? No. <laughs> um, it lands right in its face, like right in between its mandibles, um, and like explodes its head. Nice. Um, and she is a sorceress. Nice. And I imagine as the story progresses, we may uncover where she gets this power from. Dun dun dun. <sighs> I'm gonna guess from a goblin. No, it was from a goldfish in the pond the in her hometown. Blood. Sometimes you're just <laughs> born with it. Sometimes Maybe it's, it's Maybelline. Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, Neros, you have one action remaining. Um. Remember, crying is always a free action. I don't think she's <laughs> going to cry. TBH. How many free actions do you get? Because I could cry a lot. Technically, you get one per trigger. I don't. I could get triggered and cry. You couldn't. You couldn't fall prone and cry for the same reason. She doesn't want to cry. Oh, that's not fair. Excuse me. You could drop your weapons and cry for different reasons, though. (laughs) You could could fall prone and then cry for falling prone. (laughs) How far is it to like right in front of the dead Devon? So like across dead Devon into that intersection there. Yes. It would be 20 feet. I want to go there. All right. And because you're just moving through friendly space and through a corpse of a centipede, there's no reason why you can't. Cool. All right. Crunch. Last up is Dolvin. Why, why does he have his own? All right. We're back to the top of the round. <laughs> <laughs> the passive characters provide their passive buffs. I don't think it'll come up, but my unseen servant, I don't think, can provide... Flanking because it technically cannot attack and cannot oh. be threatened. Yeah. threatened well, but can I, I retcon because my movement's oh. 25? Can you I go, go one there. up? Yeah, and you actually don't see that unseen servant as well. Cool. Yeah. It is unseen. <laughs> oh, um, and when we talk about flanking, it's when two of us are on the opposite sides of the creature. We get a, it makes it flat footed, so its AC is two less against us. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Devon and Ralph are both dead, so it is now Uver's turn. Uver is going to take this moment of the obvious grief that is in this Simone the Stipede's mind from seeing her two love-triangled other centipedes die, raise his hand, and cast Daze. She's gonna You're taking advantage of her emotions. She stays. She will need to make a will saving throw. She rolled really well. Seventeen. But centipedes are not very willful creatures, and she fails. (laughs) (laughs) Then she is going to take four damage. Simone is on death's door. (laughs) And that is all I have. Okay. Uh, Zephyr. Um, I am uh, 
flanking with uh, Neros. Right? Yes. yes. You're on either side of the centipede, so it'll have a penalty to its AC. Okay, so um, she had so much success with her uh, phase bolt that I, I'm not going to move or anything. I'm just going to pull out my bow. And uh, with no arrow notched, you're just going to see me pull back, and from the tip of my finger on the front of the bow, a phase bolt pops right out. Nice. 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 Yeah. That doesn't provide flanking, right? Because it's a ranged attack. Uh, yeah, that would be the case. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Let's say a twenty, not natural, to hit. And that'll be a hit. Dirty twenty. Cool. And that's correct. So you roll what? Phase bolt damage, and you roll your arrow damage. Uh, I did not have an arrow. Oh, so you just cast a spell? Yes. You, oh, okay. I yeah. I readied you for this. That what? is two whole. Wait. Plus your spell casting modifier. That is four whole <laughs> damage. <laughs> what? And Simone falls to the ground, and there's like sad violin music. Everything goes grayscale as she falls, and then it cuts to like a French title scar card that says Finn. <laughs> <laughs> While you're here in the background. <laughs> A question mark appears at the end of Finn. <laughs> Wait, does uh? Wait, was this a silent movie? <laughs> it was for the centipedes. No laughing in the silent film. Uh, one of those cards pops up. Maniacal laughter. <laughs> and we are back out of initiative order. Nice. I mean, if I had only do, done two damage, that would have been bad. Are we expecting much more of this to happen? I, I sure hope not. If you look down the hallway here, you know, just look look down the hallway. Which one? This all the way down. This, it's a long hallway. You see where it line. turns up ahead there? No. It's mm. like two hundred no. feet down the wall. The hall, right there, where the, there's a bit of a turn. I, I can't. See That's that. actually a good question. How well lit is this place? Or is it no, just lit by us? It's you guys have torches. I have dark vision. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't see vision. that far, but I'll take your word for uh, it, dwarf. Who all has dark vision in this group? Neros. Uber. Everybody does not. <laughs> so you guys are fine. Haymir's <laughs> like, just like I can't see. Actual dark bro. vision, not just low light vision. Oh, nice. Now, do the some of the NPCs with us have torches? Yes. Yeah, the passive buff folks Here's all have torches. the problem in the future it might come up if it's just the five of us. I can't carry a torch. Someone else has to. Oh. Or else I can't. My see. Or someone servant can, light. can always carry a torch. Or someone torch. Just cast light on me. I have some <laughs> rope. Can I like? I mean, I do have rope light. A, tie a torch to you. I could cast it. Just on hand you. it to my unseen servant. That would servant. be nice. That way I can uh, see. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to? If you would. As long as All I right. don't unfocus my unseen servant, it'll be fine. Can his you unseen put it right servant? on my forehead on my helmet? So yeah, Neros just touches Hamir's forehead. He's like, there you go. <laughs> it's like bright light. Thanks. Is this another Sam's Helmet Glows campaign? Yes. <laughs> My helmets will always glow. We, it's, a, it's a spotlight. Just doing. We have <laughs> far too Apparently many inside I, jokes about our other campaigns. <laughs> we don't do anything else. <laughs> this is our this only is campaign we've ever played. This is our first campaign. Apparently, I don't play characters with dark vision. Apparently, or low light, apparently. Glowing helmets. I've played plenty of low light. So, that turn up ahead, eh? (laughs) What? Would you like to explain dark vision? Oh, yes. And low light vision. So, low light vision and dark vision are special kinds of vision that creatures and players can have in the game, where low light vision lets you see in dim light as if it were normal lighting. 
but once it's absolutely dark, you're sunk. It's kind of like how cats see, you know, they can kind of see in the dark, but if it's pure darkness, they've got nothing. Dark vision is a little bit more uncommon and is only given to creatures who have a supernatural ability to see in the dark, like dwarves or um, fetchlings who have this ability to see in absolute darkness. So out of our group that we have here of the PCs, Hamir has normal human vision and the other four can see in absolute darkness without needing any light source. In grayscale. Yes, thank you. Uh, dark vision is only in grays. There is no color for dark vision. All right, so with this tragic ending of the story for the centipedes, what do you do next? Um, I'd like to... Corpses. Wait a second. I'd like to specify at first, should I have said my class? Oh, yes, because you used... Because I used Facebook. cool stuff. Same thing as Abby over there. I was hoping you were doing your special thing. Oh yeah. no, that that would have been a not little necessary. Over- would have been cool though. <laughs> it would have been so over- not necessary. <laughs> I am uh, the hardest to pronounce. Ma- magus. 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 Magoo. I am. I am a magus. Right. So that one's not as straightforward. Do you want to explain a magus? Uh, I would definitely not like to explain it because I don't understand okay. all of it. I'll, I'll explain. The I'll explain a magus. <laughs> a magus is your classic wizard who uses a weapon so like they're a mix between someone who can use a bow or someone who can use a sword while also being able to cast spells they have a special ability called spell strike which allows them to both cast a spell and attack at the same time and combine their damage from both which you will see later on that uh, i do have that ability but i don't often carry these weapons on me i just show that i do (laughs) make it look like it Oh, also, um, uh, after I tell everybody, oh, yeah, I'm I'm, 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 I'm so cool, guys. I would like to attempt to um, extract some of the venom of the centipedes. I have two two empty bottles. Go ahead and make a nature check or a crafting check. Oh, boy, I probably have a zero in both of those. I will say one of them had their head exploded by a phase bolt. Mm-hmm. Well, I have two more to work with. That's true. One uh, male, one female. Can I uh, attempt to do one while he does one? Yeah. With so you time can work. sense active. I'm assuming it's a time sensitive thing to get their venom. Hmm. If mm. not, it's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's time sensitive enough to matter what time it is when you do it. You know it. Um, hold on, let me shut this All right. Thing. So I rolled uh, 14. If it is crafting. Um, Gotcha. Not quite enough. You're like, you're able to find the glands eventually, but like, as you're like cutting and trying to like get the secreted venom into your bottle, it's just like you make the wrong cut and it just kind of spills onto the cave floor. My specialty is finding glands, so that's. (laughs) That's really disappointing. You succeeded and failed. I mean, (laughs) I could tell someone else where they are, but it's not going to help. With my mage hands, I rolled a nine. <laughs> and you just, you find the glands, and then you're like, all right, here we go. And just, <laughs> you squeeze out the venom onto the cave floor. If you two are done playing around, let's keep moving. I don't know what you're talking about, but I found the glands first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. We're not playing around. Fine, let's go. <laughs> 
So a little ways down that hall, you come up to a portion where it looks like they were still like mining it out. You leave behind the minecart tracks that you've been following this whole time. The cave floor is a little bit more rough hewn and it becomes apparent that this is all like new dig. Up ahead, there's like the rubble of where they were starting to dig. And as you come forward, you see on your left, there's on your left, you see there's like a walled off area and a sign in Dwarvish. So those of you who can read it know it. And I imagine though they translate for the rest of the group that says, do not enter Duragar ahead. Duragar? Oh, oh, the, the, the evil dwarfs. Duragar are dwarves that were stuck underground and that were corrupted by they, the darkness. They eat your babies. Is that where we're going? Yes. Opening on your right, opposite <laughs> the path that leads to the Duragar. Um, it's a brief little bit of that like dugout mine shaft, and then there's just like the wall ahead just like breaks out into a huge open space. Is there any rubble about? Um, leading up into it, yes. Because I have terrain stalker and my specialty is rubble. Yeah. Nice. So <laughs> I move slightly faster than so, the rest of everyone. Until you get into the room. <laughs> you are good. <laughs> uh in. Which way are we supposed to go? Well, this is where we part ways, and you all really earn your keep now as you poke around in there and make sure it's safe for the what, the eggheads back here. Which way? That way, to the right, into the big open chamber. Oh. All right, you're just going to stay here? We'll wait out here. I'm good enough with me pick. I can hold off whatever comes out long enough for you to burst back out of there like the cavalry. Oh. Okay. Fine. I'm ready to do some killing. I mean, more killing, I guess. Okay. Can anybody see if says if we can see the the, the the writing on the wall? Um, let's see. So right now you're kind of in the back. I can see the writing on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> I'm not talking about the sign over on the other side. I'm talking about the stuff that we were supposed to look at. Or, uh, sorry, say we're supposed to look at what I get to look at. So I imagine you guys kind of head into that room now. Yeah, Bolden. Is there any particular party order you want to enter? You can go two by two. Bolden, how do you want to do this? Um. Well, I, I am. Wait, am I, was I in that? Sorry. Let me. I was like way back here. Let me say that again. Also, enunciate your V, please. Okay. Valden, how do you want to take this? Thank you. <laughs> Is that your last name? Yeah, my last name is Valden. Oh, I just wrote you Howard. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> my name isn't Howard it's Bolden. It's Howard Howard. <laughs> I thought you said Bolden the first time. That's why I asked you to Howard enunciate. Bolden. Um, Howard I heard Dolden. I was confused. <laughs> That's going to be my next character. <laughs> um, well, we, okay, it's two uh, at a time, so I guess it would be best if we had um, you up front, and then I guess I should be up front since I'm the boss. Uh, and then it, Do you know where you're really, going? No, in this room, but it, I don't think it really matters after that. Maybe have you shortly behind? No, because you you use that. Maybe have Zephyr. before he I says just sort that, of go I'm just going to hide. Mumbling Zeph- more. Zephyr, you get up front with me. Well, before he when he points at me, I'm just going to hide behind something. I'm, I'm going to try to sneak. May I do that, sir? All right. I have rolled a sneak check for you. Oh, good. Okay. I'm going to go behind the nearest boulder. Let's move forward. Oh, my unseen servant is in front of me. Okay. Uver, where do you want to be in this lineup? 
I will be right next to Salazar. He's not coming. He's not he's coming not in. Coming oh, in. he's not coming in? Oh, uh, it's rear. Just I'll be in the rear. Are you a fanboy? And Neros? Sticking right by um, Neros, where do you want to be? I would like to kick... Um, what's your face? Zephyr? <laughs> Is that you? Zephyr. You're going to kick me? I'm hiding, maybe. Um, I, I mean, I want to be right where you're at, so I'm going to shove the shadow out of the way. So the order that I have, if everyone is amenable to it, is in the front row, we have Hamir and the Unseen Servant. In the middle row, we have Neros and Alward. And in the back row, we have Zephyr and Uver. Anybody want to change any <laughs> are of this? You okay is that, that after I've done my sneaky sneak? Or yes, are you this preparing? is with you rolling the sneaky sneak and being in this position. You can roll sneaky sneak and be in any position. But being in the back would make it easier to go longer without being noticed. I will do that then. Exactly okay. what you just said. All right. So we have this party order. As you begin to enter the room, I'll give you a brief description of what you see. Please don't. Okay. <laughs> An armchair is the That's the end of the episode. <laughs> make, make it a, a elongated description. No, don't do that. <laughs> you speak whale? <laughs> As you enter into this cave that opens out from the mine shaft, the wall that's been crumbled down by the miners, you're stepping over these rubbles of rocks and everything. The cavern ceiling is much higher. So through this whole mine shaft, it's been like brushing the tops of your heads because this is a mine shaft dug by dwarves. As soon as you break out into this cave, it's suddenly this, shall I use the word, cavernous space. Uh, the ceiling of the cave is at least 12 feet tall. Alward, you probably know it's exactly 12 and a half feet tall. I do have an eye for numbers, so I would know it's 12 feet tall. I'm going to go ahead and move your pawns forward so you can see on the map here. Out in the middle of the room is a huge table and chair. The table is probably about six feet tall from the floor, and the chair is sized to match. There's a collection of large urns here that look like they're here, like right in front of you as you've entered the room, look like they've just been deteriorating over time and been smashed. At the far side of the room, just barely lit by the torch light or the light spell on Hemimir's helmet, seems to be a, like a collection of like scrolls and books, all still oversized. Just around the corner. <clears throat> so like the room seems to be quiet and you can freely move through. But if you come around the corner here, in the far back of the room, you see a statue sized to match all of the furniture in the room that seems to be of some sort of creature you don't recognize. It's got like a huge like gourd-shaped nose, <gasps> a squat body, and a cow's tail, and it's Ooh. covering its face with its hands. I would cover myself too. <laughs> and the walls are covered with runic writing oh. that none of you recognize. Oh. Except Uver. <gasps> Wait, what? <laughs> what? He is ecstatic. I need to know why. Say what one more time really loud. What? <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we'll end the episode. Oh. What? Hero point. Hero point. Nominations. I don't have a good pick right off the top of my head right now. Hmm. I mean, I want to say Abby again for... Completely deteriorating that love triangle. 
<laughs> oh, oh, I, I nominate Jenkins for the creation of the love triangle. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Yes. And, he needs and the majority of the names. Yes. <laughs> Sam, give me back my thing. <laughs> All right. It has been chosen. Yes. All right, Michael, what's your new hero card do? Uh, I grabbed Surge of Speed. I play it at the start of any creature's turn. That creature is quickened on its turn and can use the extra action only to take a single action with the move trait. All right, well. Nice. Yes. Well, I thank you all uh, for the hero point. This was a great session. I'm going to go punch a cow. Shut up, you cow! (laughs) (laughs) And well, I'll see you right back here next week. I'm actually not going to punch a cat. (laughs) This has been an Atomic Broadcasting production. Pathfinder, Galarian, and the Lost Omens world setting are copyright of Paizo. More information at paizo.com. Music in the show is from Monument Studios' collection, as well as assorted artists with some original tracks composed by Jordy Hake. More details in the description. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to share with a friend, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next time. Hey, Mir. Don't you know it. Don't look so sad. <laughs> I am with it here. It fits so well. <laughs> been thinking about that for like 10 minutes, not going to lie.